Hey guys, you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is John Kerman, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hi, this is PJ Butler, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. This is Kyle, and you're listening to Leaving a Legacy. Hey, this is Jim. We're leaving a Legacy. Got a mouthful of meat. Um, oh, wait. That's not what I meant. Don't put that on there. Now we take you to the Red Room, where round one parents have been posted. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. I am your Legacy newbie this week. With me, I have uh, three established, well-known Legacy players and writers. Uh, no longer experts. <laughs> <laughs> first, I have Mr. Jerry Me. What's going on, buddy? Oh, not first. much. How are you doing? Uh, just, yeah, first. 999th best podcast yes, host or whatever. Yes. Oh, like, Salsa, I didn't know you were on today. <laughs> uh, we also have Aaron joining the call. What's going on, Aaron? Yeah, not too much. And, How are you doing? I'm doing well. And naturally, to complete the uh, the power duo, we have Miss Kate. How you doing, Kate? I am good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing I'm doing really well. I'm doing really well. Yeah, uh, had a good weekend. Uh, been a been coming off a crazy week, but uh, I'm ready to talk some magic. Heck yeah, we skipped magic to be here with you guys. I know so. that's some serious dedication. That's some that's some real love you guys are showing us. We appreciate that. Yeah, I just really honestly wanted to go to bed early, so thanks for giving me an excuse. <laughs> so that's a win-win. We're happy. That's a to trick. Hundred percent. Happy to be. Uh, happy to enable that. Um, so today's going to be kind of more of a hostful episode. Um, we have lots of great questions from the Facebook group that have been piling up today. Uh, we also have uh, some great questions from Twitter, um, a few through DM. So we will get to those in just a minute. But first, I'd like to talk about our weeks in magic because people always like to hear us telling uh, our bad beat stories or hearing about how Jerry scumbagged somebody out of a win. So, uh... <laughs> or hearing about Jerry scumbagged someone out of a die roll. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know, I think that's I a great... I about that. I think... I think that no, that is, didn't uh... happen because none of us played Magic this week. I think, I think that's actually a great one to open up on, Aaron, and I'll tell you why. Because not only do we have two people, one nefarious person involved with this, we also have <laughs> the person who was victimized, which is you, Aaron, and then yep. we have Kate, who's our resident judge today. So I think she's going to be able to tell us how we should have handled the situation. The fiancé defendant oh is... <laughs> the judge. I, mean, I would Jerry, like to, Jerry, by, I would by like to give him... myself a disclaimer. I'm not actually a judge. I just, you know, run F&Ms. <laughs> <laughs> She is a rules advisor. Rules advisor. She's a level anymore. zero judge, just like we all are. She's <laughs> certainly more equipped to handle this question than I am. Um, and I was asked this question at the event, so I'll I will uh, pass my uh, the torch on to Kate. But here's here here let's let's go down what happened here. So Aaron, why don't you regale us with the tale of what uh, Jerry scumbag me did to you uh, when you were going for a die roll in your round three event, round three uh, well, of, of legacy. Well, you see, Pat, it was real traumatizing. It's really hard to think about. Where did the bad man touch you? <laughs> oh, in the heart, Jerry. In the heart. <laughs> um, so, yeah, got paired against Jerry this weekend. Now, I'm thinking it's going to be a fun, you know, interactive game of Magic. Hopefully, you know, a little better than that last meeting where he crushed me. And we both pull our decks. We're shuffling. I present my deck. He presents his deck while I'm rolling the dice. 
I roll the dice, don't get a chance to check him. He immediately starts trying to draw cards off the top of his deck. I catch him. I say, hey, wait, let me cut that. And he immediately grabs the dice before I can look at them and rolls them and says, oh, I win, I'll play first. And then tosses over the card. Precisely exactly what happened. That is exactly what happened. And myself. Well, Jerry, honestly, when it's you don't need to defend yourself. That's the fact. Yeah, when it's said that plainly, there's nothing there to defend. It's just what you did. Oh my god. (laughs) I don't even know how to address this. Can I tell my side of the story? All right, we don't need this. So, Judge. No. Kate, what do we do? My Jerry in the mouth. I the one this this matriarch oh my god I can't I can't even <laughs> oh I'm spitting that <laughs> so from my perspective and roll the die so I we take our decks out and I present uh, my deck and I go into my bag to grab my scorekeeping notepad. So I come back, and I see Aaron picking up the die and rolling him. And I assume Aaron must have already cut my deck if he's rolling the die. That's what a normal person would have done. He rolls the die, so I go to draw my seven. He bursts out in this loud, (laughs) uh, exclamatory tone. What do you think you're doing? I'm like, well, I'm just drawing my cards. He's like, no, I haven't cut your deck yet. I'm like, okay. And he's taking forever to cut the deck. I don't know what he was doing. He's probably counting the number of cards in my deck to see if I was going above 61 for the day. So I take the die, you know, to get things moving. I assumed there was enough time that had passed. Roll the die. He had rolled a seven. I knew that because I picked it up. Uh, when I grabbed the die and I looked at them, and I rolled an eight, so I'm like, oh, eight is larger than seven. I feel we can agree on that fact, so therefore I first. <laughs> it's hard to agree on that fact when no one actually knows the, the number that was rolled on the die except for you, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> it, this was not a spectator sport. We did not have like eight or nine witnesses. <laughs> this is he said, she said, all over it. Or he said, he said. In this case, well, sure. So, sure, Jerry, I'll give you credit. Yeah. You're so, Kate, so what is your, what's your gut instinct there? What would you, what would you do if that's if Aaron comes up to you completely befuddled, just <laughs> flabbergasted at what Jerry has done to him? How do you how do you resolve this issue? So has had Jerry looked at his hand when Aaron was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" No, they were still splayed out on top of my deck. I was literally touching the top of my deck, and I had like three cards like moved up to the side, like fanned under my hand, still on the deck, face down. Aaron, do you agree with this fact? Uh, I agree with that, except for the fact he had two cards off to the side that I wasn't sure what were what they were doing there. I probably would have made you reshuffle your deck and let Aaron cut it. Okay. Yeah, especially the two cards that he hid. I saw two cards. <laughs> there were no two cards hidden. I mean, just... if you had actually hidden cards, I probably would have punched you in the... I mean, I would have probably had a CERN... <laughs> so could I just tell you the one thing I've really learned while I've been studying to get my L1? At casual REL, you know what the punishment is every time? Redo it. A, a stern talking to... <laughs> if you can fix it, fix it, and always give a stern talking to. That that that's casual REL's way of dealing with literally everything. So, that's appropriate. Um, I would ask Jerry to step aside. I would eat him senseless. Uh, tell <laughs> that is not well. stern talking to. Two by fours are not included in the rule book. I would remind him that if he told anybody, I would DQ him and kick him out of the store. <laughs> and, 
then continue on my merry way. She seems like a fair judge. Yeah, yeah. Totally. In Jerry's case, at least, yeah. it's your more average, like... you know, honest magic player. I don't think <laughs> deserves that kind of treatment. But someone like Jerry, oh God, <laughs> love you, Jerry. Uh, I can't wait till the GP and my opponent calls the judge on me before the the match even starts because they listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me, judge. Could you watch the die roll, please? My opponent has a history of cheating. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll 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 move on from there. I think I think. Uh, it was a fun. It's pretty movie. obvious was, what happened, right? Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> obvious that Jerry was trying to scumbag you, poor Aaron. Um, so anyway, so I, so actually, uh, Jerry, myself, and Aaron all got to go up to TE on Sunday to play uh, some Legacy. So uh, how did your day go besides trying to get scumbagged? Uh, <laughs> oh, you know, it went pretty well. I ended up going uh, three and one, getting top and uh, winning some star credit, which was nice. It was refreshing. Um, played Bug Standstill, which has been a lot of fun. I played in Vintage the day before as well, which was awesome. And there I basically went 3-1. I actually scooped to a buddy because I didn't think I was going to have time for top 8. And uh, I went 3-1 otherwise. And the deck's been a lot of fun, both variants for Legacy and Vintage. It's a weird deck to play, though. Weird and weird as how? Um, have you ever played around Standstill before? I, I Once, poorly. Yeah. Yeah, how did you feel about that? Was that weird? It was really weird. Um, I It felt to me like I shouldn't play a spell ever when in reality probably the correct thing is just to break it like break it as soon as it happens if like you know i was playing like burn or whatever so you just kind of you break it asap style i guess yeah yeah i mean you never want to just not play things because there's a standstill in play like if you have a legitimate like move to make Mm -hmm. you, you should break it and make your move but don't just like sit under it doing nothing, and also you probably shouldn't just like, oh, I have this lightning bolt I could save for a creature, but I'm just going to point it at my opponent's face so I can break the standstill now. Right. It's like, you, you can, there's there's kind of a balance. Isn't yeah, there a, a way, too, that, like, someone breaks a standstill, but if you cast a spell in response to them, like, the other person actually ends up getting the cards? Isn't there, like, a weird interaction that works that way? Because I've seen it happen in Magic Online before. How do you mean? Yeah, uh, well, because if the standstill's still in play, because I don't think you sacrifice standstill until it resolves. I Correct. believe so, yeah. Yeah, so if you try to, like, it triggers, if you try to stifle the trigger, it triggers again on the stifle. Right, right. so, like, if Jerry, so if, you cast, can't just stifle it. if Jerry cast Brainstorm, but I cast Brainstorm in response, Jerry's getting the three cards. Like, if I don't wait for Correct. that to resolve, he's getting the cards. Well, yeah. you, don't, you, can, you can still respond to the spell, but you want to wait until your trigger has resolved. Once right. you have triggered standstill, sacrificed it, it's resolved, then you can cast like a brainstorm in response. Gotcha. See, the real way to beat a standstill, Pat, is in response to your opponent tapping out to play standstill, <laughs> you flash in Snapcaster Mage for no value, just as a flash 2-1. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Get that guy on the field, standstill's in play, and now your opponent, in order to kill your Snapcaster Mage, has to give you three cards. <laughs> yep, that does nice. work. I, yep, feel like that, which... I feel like that may have happened. <laughs> yes. <It did. laughs> yep, I beat down with Snapcaster Mage for, I want to say, seven turns? <laughs> yeah, I was hoping to find, like, a Mistress Factory, a Creeping Tar Pit, some type of creature land, but could not find one. Yep. So, so I had to crack my own stone still in an abrupt decay. Yeah, so Aaron got down to five. He cracked uh, 
the standstill by Abrupt Decaying my Snapcaster Mage, and in my three cards I drew Punishing Fire Lightning Bolt. <laughs> <laughs> and just killed him in response to the Abrupt Decay. Nice. All right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's pretty good. Anything else uh, interesting happened on Sunday? I had a good one again. Nope, uh, nothing yeah. else happened in that uh, match. It was awesome. The first and third game, I pretty much crushed Jerry. Like, <laughs> nope. First game, I got... I ended up getting Crucible Wasteland Lock on him. Oh, it's cool. oh my Plus, god. Plus, like... Plus standstills in play. I have not been under a Crucible Wasteland lock in a while, and it just brought back so much PTSD. <laughs> oh my god, is that a brutal lock? So upset. <laughs> I had great. life from the loam, and it didn't matter. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it was delicious. And then he brought in Crows and Grip for the one of Crucible I have that I never saw again. Yeah, I th- well, I'll, like he beat me. He beat me with Crucible uh, of Worlds, Wasteland Lock, and then like Creeping Tarpin. I thought he was on like a, a lands list, you know, with like a bunch of you know a bunch of Crucibles, probably some explorations. So I boarded in Crows and Grip, and it just sat dead in my hand for the next two games. Yeah, it didn't do too well against the Lee of Olds either. Yeah, yeah, not at all. It- I- I ended up playing uh, Sissio, who was on that um, that Grixis Delver list from Chiba. So the, the Ninja one that's Bear like, one. What's that? Ninja Bear one. Yeah, exactly. The one that's it's like yeah. it's put in um, the uh, Ninja of the Deep Hours in place of Tarmogoyf, I believe. Um, yeah. And there's like I think there's no Jaces in it. There's like only a couple Lilianas. Um, I ended up beating him in three games, but he did get the playoff where he like attacks with uh, with Baleful Strix. You know, like he attacks with Baleful Strix. Uh, Ninjutsu's in Ninja the Deep Hours, draws a card, returns Baleful Strikes, plays Baleful Strikes, draws a card. It was like, it was sweet. I couldn't even be mad. I was just like trying to get people to come see the game because it was fucking awesome. But it's it, yeah, it's an awesome deck. Me and him played for fun after the tournament, mm-hmm. uh, just to see how it, it went. So I ended up winning two out of three games, but the game he won was hilarious because. I had Jace the Mind Sculptor, Dak Faden, Sylvan Library, and Life from the Loam going. Mm-hmm. And he just kept finding creature after creature after creature and just recurring creatures with Eternal Witness, uh, just drawing so many cards. And so I'm just like digging through my deck looking for all my removal to pick these guys off while I'm trying to win with my uh, uh, Thing in the Ice. And he ends up winning the game by decking me because (laughs) (laughs) I was seeing 11 cards a turn. Wow. (laughs) And I was killing everything. And I was one spell away from flipping my thing in the ices. And I, the last card in my deck was a pyroblast. So I pyroblasted my own Dak Faden (laughs) 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 to flip the thing in the ices. I mean, I could have done it on a land, but it was just too, too fitting to just kill Dak for, for causing me to deck me. <laughs> That's it's all uh, Dak's fault, yeah. Yeah, it's right. all Dak's fault. But then he had the abrupt decay for that one, and I didn't have enough to kill him before I decked myself. <laughs> wow. Oh, uh, so much justice was served this weekend. <laughs> there was. I mean, I ended up winning the match. Uh, Punishing Fire is a beast, uh, and everything in that deck has two toughness or less. Like, without Tarmogoyf, everything just dies to Punishing Fire. Uh, but yeah, that was a really good matchup. Uh, it's a hilarious deck. I hope it catches on because I think it's really fun. It actually was on 
Legacy Weapon podcast last night, uh, yeah. and they were telling me down in Virginia they've started playing your list, Jerry. So it's oh, really, <laughs> yeah, I know people have been uh, hitting me up. So I think I'm going to write a my article for Hipsters of the Coast uh, that'll actually come out the day after this podcast is posted. I'm gonna mm-hmm. I'm gonna do a write up on Thing in the Ice. Awesome. Or maybe the Tuesday before. I don't know how future works. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna write up a uh, updated version of the list because uh, I've taken down I took down I took down a couple smaller tournaments uh, and then I came in third at the 1K with it. So I'm definitely gonna be running it for uh, the GP in January. Yeah. yeah, but Jerry, you have to remember not everyone has the same skill of Luxac as you. <laughs> <laughs> Luxac level three out of five. Yeah, that's like a prerequisite <laughs> to playing the three. No, oh, yeah, I mean, like, come on, like, like. Uh, Tin fins, keep, keeping a, a no land hand with double Gataxian probe. Like I would <laughs> say that, like that is five out of five on the Luxac. Uh, then you're playing against like meter. Josh, and he thought sees you, and like you kept a no land hand against me. Uh, oh no, that was a uh, that was a. Uh, he thought seized, and the it was six lands and a nether spirit. So he had to take take two, put nether spirit in his graveyard, and nether spirit says when it's in your graveyard, you may return it to the battlefield at the beginning of your upkeep. <laughs> you don't uh, have to tell the pox player how that works. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> but uh, that was actually against uh, our friend uh, Dan Holland, uh, the pox, the other pox player. Uh, that Yeah. There is there is a certain level of luck sack, but that's why we love the game, right? Sure. <laughs> exactly. Oh, that could never happen for me. All right. I had to fight for all my wins, Jerry. <laughs> Life must be good. Uh, yes, yeah, so and I, I ended up going two and two myself. I lost my win in in round four to uh, to the elves player who just two owed me. Um, there's oh, just not Nick enough. Altesta. He's really good with that deck. Yeah, there's just I feel like there's just not enough um, interaction <clears throat> in the Eldrazi deck. Especially game one for an elves deck. Like when I'm playing blue red Delver, it's it's a joke. The elves matchup is fine, um, but with uh, with Eldrazi, it's like it, it's once you start to get that engine going, there's very little I can do. Like unless I have Dismember or Warping Whale. Yeah, so. he's 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 played that deck forever. Like yeah, he, he has, yeah, he has yeah. numerous SCG top eights and top sixteens. And okay, that makes me feel less bad then. Yeah, yeah, he he's been on elves for. Probably close to a decade. Yeah, he was, and he was also very nice too. We were talking about the matchup and <laughs> stuff, and like I made one decision, like not to wasteland his Gaia's. He had like a one force and a Gaia's cradle in play, and um, instead of like, so I attacked with like a Thought Not Seer and like a four four mimic to put him to like ten, and then I had the choice of either playing like Reality Smasher or wastelanding his uh, wastelanding his Gaia's cradle and then doing nothing else for the turn. And I ended up. Like deciding to play the reality smasher, but he was able to go off, and then we kind of like rewound it, and we're like, all right, well, what happens? Like he was able to crater off the next turn, and so we rewound it, like, all right, well, what happens if you wasteland the cradle? And he was still able to do it anyway. Um, yeah. But uh, so it was cool to talk to someone who's you know really good with the deck, and uh, we'll like walk you know walk you through decisions that you make um, in that respect. So it was yeah. good. Yeah. Uh, it was, was always a good time to go up there and play Legacy. It's always fun. Yeah. Uh, I also got taken down by Nick playing uh, Elves. Um, it's actually a really close matchup, uh, and I feel the skill levels that definitely came into play uh, with it because he just made some really good moves with it. Um, but it, I both games, uh, we went to three games, and the two games he beat me in, uh, I got the Punishing Fire lock set up, and I was about to just blow him out. 
and he just is able to crater hoof for exaxes. Like I had a uh, thing in the ice out, and I was on twelve life, and he able he was able to crater hoof behemoth with nothing but a dryad arbor and a wirewood symbiote in play, and uh, it ended up being enough to just exaxes me because hmm. uh, crater hoof gives everything tra- trample. Right, right. Can I, I make feel a like point? with that deck though. So at some point, like if you have. Uh, uh, thing in the ice on one, you're just like, sure, do whatever you want to do, and like, I'll just cast any spell. Yep, and, and that, it, it was literally exactsies each time, because I had like, thing in the ice on one counter, I have the punishing fire lock, I'm about to start just like, picking his guys off one by one, and he's just able to just get under the clock, and uh, just close the game out before I can, you know, complete the lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excuses, I think, excuses, Jerry. Excuses, I, think a good I know. focus point of the story is that Jerry did mention it came down to skill and that he lost. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Not trying to suggest anything. I just want to remind people that when they're listening to the story. Admit when I have been outplayed. Nick is a very good elves player. He's been playing that deck forever. I am not ashamed to admit it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to some of the questions we have because we have quite a yeah. few for the evening. Uh, we should definitely get started, so we're not here all night. Um, so the first one's a bit of a doozy, and if we, like I said, if we have to come back to any of these, uh, if we want to mull them over, we can. And if you only have part of an answer for any question, that's okay too. No one's gonna be held to having to answer it. Uh, the first one uh, from Josh, uh, he asks, "What's your best magic moment, and what's your worst magic moment?" Let's go first. first. <laughs> I have one, uh, which is also awesome because both moments took place in the same match. <laughs> Um, so I had just come back from the game, uh, came, wow, bleh, <laughs> I had just come back to the game, uh, new Phyrexia had just come out, I had taken a break, I had played, you know, from Onslaught to, uh, Kamigawa, and then took a break until new Phyrexia, and I had never really played that much competitive magic, uh, before, uh, taking my break, but when I came back, I started going to, like, the SCGs. So this is my first ever SCG. I'm not even playing in the main event. I'm playing in a like a eight man win a box side event, and I'm playing Reanimator. Uh, keep in mind this is New Frexy, so Grizzlebrand hasn't been printed yet. So I'm running like four Jingataxis. Jingataxis was like the big baddie in Reanimator until uh, Grizzlebrand came along. Oh yeah, I remember that. Uh, and I I play my way through top eight, and I actually come to the finals. Uh, and I'm pumped. Uh, I had entered the top eight with like two of my two friends, uh, Dan and Mike, and you know they were rooting me on. So it was just great. Be like that. It was like my first taste of actually winning at Magic in a competitive sense. And my finals opponent was the biggest rules lawyering scumbag I have ever met. <laughs> uh, like this guy was like the quote unquote grinder. He was there to get max value. It's like it had it. It's not even a game for him anymore. Like he's doing this to, you know, for value. Like that's what he gets his enjoyment out of it. Um, and so he just has me shaking because I'm like really nervous. I'm, I'm new to the scene. I don't really know what like calling a judge really means. Like how much trouble do you get into? And he's like calling all these left and right things. The judge is coming over and it's like, Oh yeah, yeah. Just simple mistake, whatever. Just move on. Like the judge was getting annoyed at him. Uh, when he was, he was calling him over so many times, but this was affecting me so bad that I'm literally holding my hand shaking like a leaf. And at one Aww. point, I, I fetch, and I get my land, I put it in play, and I, like, put my library back upside down. 
<laughs> and he's like, "What? What the hell are you doing, kid? What do you what, like? Why? Why would you do that? That's so dumb. Judge, my opponent's library is upside down." And the judge oh, is like, "Oh my god!" The judge is like, "Turn your library back upside down." And they're like, "Okay." He's like, "Okay, move on." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm shaking like a leaf, but I'm able to get a Jingataxis in play, and I am in no condition to remember triggers, uh, and. For those of the who don't, those of you who don't know, Jingataxis says at the end of your turn, uh, draw seven cards. So you draw seven cards and then you discard down to hand size. I completely forget this trigger and just pass the turn and my opponent goes, okay, go draw a card, play a land. My opponent just shoots his hand up in the air. Uh, and I think this was back when like missed triggers was a, was a bigger deal. Like I think they did a bunch of, uh, like reworks. Uh, to triggers in this time, I, I feel around like the Avacyn restored period. Uh, but it, yeah. yeah, I mean they made triggers like both players' responsibilities too. Right. So this was before all of those changes. So like missing a triggers came with like a, a slightly harsher <laughs> uh, punishment. Uh, so he goes like, Judge, uh, my opponent forgot to uh, draw his seven cards off of Jinga Taxis. Uh, that's a, a missed trigger. And he's like, we're in my turn. I've drawn my card and I've played my land, so it's too late to go back. And the judge goes, yep, you're right. It's too late to uh, rewind. Uh, but, you know, the, the trigger was, uh, you know, uh, missed. So at this point, what we're going to do is we're going to have him draw seven cards now during your main phase. <laughs> 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 and my opponent is just flabbergasted. Good. Good. <laughs> He's like, no, shouldn't he be disqualified? And the judge is like, this is like a casual REL. This is a side event. We're not using comp REL here. He missed his trigger, so it goes on the stack now. He draws his seven. Nice. Continue the Good. game. <laughs> and I end up just crushing my opponent from there. Yes. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a sweet karma redemption moment. <laughs> nice. That sounds beautiful. Does anyone else have a, a a great like magic story that sticks out on their head or a or bad one that sticks out on their head? The best for me, I had two that stick out. A meeting Aaron, gross. Uh, oh, that's my worst magic moment. Or Pat Dominic. But the other one is I had only been playing magic. All right, that's not true. I'd only been playing Legacy for about six months, <clears throat> and uh, we went to GP. Was it Worcester? Um, Mm -hmm. And I was on Mud Post, and I just, like, went expecting to do, like, absolute shit, um, because A, I was on Mud Post, (laughs) and B, I hadn't been playing super long, and I just didn't feel very confident, because I was, like, the only girl at these things, and I got 40-something, which for me was, like, a huge deal, because I hadn't been playing very long, and, you know, it was money, I made, like, 100 bucks that day, and I felt so much better, so that, that day always sticks out in my mind, like, Nice. Top ten. It made me that feel was good. SOG open. Yeah, yeah. It was like three, three hundred and fifty people, and I was so excited to like make money that day. It was like <laughs> over the moon, and like most people are like forty something, big deal. But it was a big deal to me, and still is, because I was like the only girl in the room, and you know I was super nervous, and I still went and represented. Hell yeah. Nice. Um, if I'm trying to think of my, I don't, I can't really think of my worst moment. I mean, I've definitely been like. Playing standard like a standard tournament in um, at the DCU Center. Playing like, standard tournament, say no more. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I was like four and zero and feeling really good, and then I just like fucking crashed and burned and went like oh four or like oh three the next few rounds and knocked myself out of contention, and that was pretty shitty. Um, 
but like I've had a lot of good moments. I mean, like getting getting the the chance to meet uh, to meet Jerry and Adrian for the first time, um, going to play Legacy in uh, Worcester was pretty awesome. Um, you know, having like two people from the community reach out and be like, "Hey, you want to come have breakfast?" and we had a chance to sit down and talk. It made me feel a lot more comfortable going into a Legacy, like my first Legacy tournament. Um, it's just like being able to meet like like you and you like Kate and Aaron and all the awesome people uh-huh. that I've met playing the game has been um, has been really nice. Like it's like I said, it's it's tough to it, it's you know I don't get a lot of chance to go out and meet people, uh, you know, having two kids and stuff. So it's really awesome to have a game where like a hobby that uh, gets you out and getting to meet people and stuff. And um, yeah, those are probably some of my favorite, some of my best memories of Magic. I don't have a lot of bad ones though, so that's that's a good thing. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Like, all my favorite moments are, like, a lot about, like, people I've played with more than, like, things I've accomplished. But I have to say my worst moments are also about people I've played with. But I'm not going to get too far into that unless we want to have another feminist discussion. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, people are weird. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh... All right, so uh, let's go to the next uh, question. Uh, this one's just for Aaron. Aaron, which of your brews do you consider to be the spiciest? Which the spiciest? I, that's kind of a daunting question. That's, that seems like a lot I don't of know if that... I mean, does that include brews that are clearly terrible? Sure, yeah. Sure, why not? Because <laughs> out of brews that are clearly terrible, but the spiciest, I mean, that uh, the Seance brew I had, <laughs> there was that ridiculous Twitter challenge a while back where, like, right around the time I first started... Yeah, Reddit. Right around the time I first started writing... And the challenge was for a Pro Tour player to break Seance oh, yeah. in the, the Pro was, Tour. It the was when the guy bought him out. Yeah, the guy yeah. specced on hundreds of thousands of copies of Seance. <laughs> yeah, it never took off, so then he tried pulling that crap. But I was like, you know what? Why not? I don't really get that many challenges. I'm going to take this as a personal challenge, so I'm going to do it. That brew was pretty sweet. It, um, it, was, it was, I believe, a, the, one of the last modern Pro Tours, actually, right? I think is when that was. Uh, yeah, mm. I believe so. <clears throat> but yeah, I... Uh, you know that one, that one was pretty, pretty spicy and pretty fun. Okay. You know, it had the uh, I don't remember some big dragon in it that like it's like an eight eight with haste. Thing is great. <laughs> it was like a funny a, just straight from a precon deck, seventh uh, edition precon deck. <laughs> it might have been actually. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just just some big dumb dragon that was like the main goal of the deck, just because. Why not? Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so it's modern seance challenge. Um, the main board had three Hellkite Overlord, four and Jund with double red, eight eight flying trample haste, and it has fire breathing and regenerate for a green and a black. So with Seance, you'd put a copy of that on the battlefield, swing for eight, and you could do that like three times. It had a bunch of looting effects. And it had um Kiki Jiki as well. Because you could actually like you could ca- actually cast a Kiki Jiki and then also make just make a copy of whatever creature you're cop- you were returning with Seance. So you get like double Hellkite Overlords. Yeah, that's that's pretty spicy. I also added in Resolute Archangel just as like a way to deal with aggressive strategies because <laughs> your life total becomes your starting life total. Uh, this sounds like a thing. new player's brew who just like dug through the bulk rare box. <laughs> that's <laughs> like pretty much what I did for that brew. It was horrible. Oh man. I remember him making this brew while we were like, si- I remember sitting around while he was working on this, and he it was a lot of moments of why the fuck not. <laughs> yeah. I remember. Yep, go on. No, that was pretty much it. I just sent like the, the deck list if you guys want to peek at it. I had sideboard uh, splinter twin combo as well to get like, oh, some sideboard real game. Into a deck. Yeah. 
you mainboard catch your opponent super off guard with no graveyard hate. Sideboard, they go all in on like a ley line or something like that, thinking they're going to beat you, and you just splinter twin them out. Good. <laughs> Why don't you just uh, use splinter twin? <laughs> Because that wasn't the challenge, challenge yeah. Jerry. <laughs> Gerald. I don't think it counts. It's like, oh, my main deck is like this pile of draft cards, and my sideboard is uh, like... Real deck. <laughs> yeah, real deck. Um, all right. Uh, Ryan asked us to tell us a story, but I think we got some stories in with the uh, with the Bad Beat stories. So if we get around to it, we'll, we'll go through that one again. But I want a bedtime story from okay, Pat. We'll, we'll, I'll read you uh, Goodnight Moon later, Jerry. Oh, that's my favorite. How'd you know? <laughs> uh, so Jordan asks, uh, let's see, I'm not sure how to elegantly phrase it. These are, these are his words. I know how to elegantly phrase anything. Um, <laughs> so Jordan, Jordan, Jordan writes, I'm not sure how to elegantly phrase it, but I would love to know which times folks felt, uh, feel like they lost against the worst deck possible and how it went. Like someone bringing kitchen table jank to an event and it beats you. Good. Uh, I have a wicked good story about this, so we can cover the last one and this one all in one go. Perfect. And it even relates back to the first one, because this definitely falls under one of my worst magic moments. <laughs> and Aaron, if you don't know where I'm going already, then I disappointed in you as my fiancé. The wedding's off. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was playing at that Z. Oh, God, this is a few years ago, because this is before I even started working there. And I had just finished putting together Legacy Elves and was I think I was playing it there for the first time, so I'm like legit really learning how to play it, and it's, you know, I'm coming from like mud post to elves, like very different decks. So I'm a little I'm a little overwhelmed, and I'm doing awful, but I expected to do so, right? I didn't I didn't literally expect to win one single game that day, and I sit down across this guy, and he has an ed an unsleeved dragon's edh style deck. <laughs> Yes. And I'm Please just... tell me you went turn one soul ring. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean everything he had, if I remember correctly, was legacy legal. But so he's playing his his deck or whatever. Um and I'm doing awful because his deck's just full of burn, right? And burn's awful against elves in general, never mind when you're like a noob player of elves. Um and so I'm just like trying to get through the day and all of a sudden he leans across the table and goes, Are you Asian? <laughs> um, just for those of you who have never seen what I look like, uh, first of all, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I post lots of selfies so you can figure it out pretty quickly. I'm very white. Um, and I just go, no, I'm not Asian. Uh, I'm, I'm mostly, you know, Europe, Western European, a little bit Native American. Like, start listing off my ancestry and, uh, he starts crying. <laughs> Oh God, I remember. Yeah, right. He's like, he must have been around thirty, and he's crying. And I go, and he's like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. It's like not an insult to be Asian. And he cries more, and he's just like trying to shush me. He doesn't want anyone to hear that he called me Asian. I just dropped and left after that. I was just like, he like freaked me out so much. I was like, and I'm done. And he was beating me. So I was just like, I'm out. I'm so out right now. Like, I am losing to this really creepy guy who I actually, someone at the store, one of the employees at the store ended up having like a restraining order against him. Like, that's how creepy he was. Yeah. And like, uh, he was beating me with a stupid deck that wasn't even like i mean he was running like so many commons from like ravnica like i had never seen in my life 
And I was just like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> Bye, guys. That's what you get in the wild, wild west. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, that was probably the worst. That was probably one of my worst. I actually normally don't mind playing against Brews. Um, sometimes I feel bad if I'm, if I'm doing really well that day and I get paired against a brew. Um, and they are just like new to the the format, and I kind of like wipe the floor with them. I, I genuinely feel bad because I want people to feel welcome, but uh, yeah, that was the that was the one time I was just like, gotta get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I was so scared that day. I was legitimately scared, and that's why women feel creeped out at magic. Um. All right. So so that's uh some. Gen- I've definitely lost to like I've lost to fucking uh Battle of Wits at TE. Which was like so yeah, infuriating. I've lost that. battle wits in the last six months. I don't want to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> coalition was, victory. Oh my god, I fucking I hate that deck so much. Was it that played against Doomsday at the Legacy side events in Providence? Someone was telling me they played against Doomsday and lost there, and I was like, oh, bro, bro, oh, gross. Um, all uh, right, no, so Peter beat it actually. It was Peter that played against it. And he beat it. Oh, okay. On lands because he was able to hold up Warping Whale and. Punishing fire for Lab Maniac. <laughs> um, all right, Ryan asks, uh, with Man Gone, will there be hope for Simeon Spirit Guide? Yeah. Is this a Harambe reference? I don't know. <laughs> like, is he saying like if? Man- oh God, I hope it's a Harambe if, reference. If humans ever become extinct, will there be hope for Harambe? Like, uh, did you see? I, I handed around the shop on Sunday, but I saw a. It, it shouldn't be this funny, but it was a hilarious altar of uh, gorilla, gorilla shaman. Shop, right? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Gorilla Shaman, the vintage staple, uh, as like a perfect portrait of Harambe, Harambe, and it was just like never forget. <laughs> Harambe. Uh, Harambe. No, I think it's supposed to be a Trump reference, though. Like we're all gonna die in about a month. <laughs> so we'll uh, thank God Adrian's not here. <laughs> this would just spiral out of control. It's fine. It's, fine. Um, it's not fine, but it's fine. <laughs> He also asks, uh, how many times does one need to cast Siege Rhino before it becomes a moral victory? Asking for a, a go scene. I'm going to say f- three. Like, if you cast Siege Rhino three one. times, right? Or, you know what? You only have to cast it once because then you can pull an Aaron and just use Astral Slide to yeah. slide it back and forth. You only need to cast it once because you're going to get plenty of triggers off that one a turn. Uh, like, one each player's turn. So you don't need to cast it more than once, I don't think. That's my professional opinion. <laughs> And I stand by it. All right, nice. Um, so this is a question about, uh, well, it includes the Mono Green uh, Devotion Order deck we spoke about last week, <laughs> or Mono Red Sneak Attack, or Screw It and Just Play Pox. Um, out of those three, the one oh, that's most man. interesting, out of those three, the one that intrigues me the most to play that I would probably play myself is the, the Mono Green Devotion Order. The one that I think is most inherently powerful is the is Mono Red Sneak Attack. If I was going to a tournament and I wanted to spike it in all seriousness, out of those three, I'd play the Sneak Attack deck. But if I was yeah. playing at TE uh, for a few weeks and I'm like, hey, I want to sleeve up a deck, it'd probably be the Mono Green Devotion Order. I agree yeah, with that 100%. Yeah, the Mono Green Devotion. Yeah. All over it. Yeah. I'm, I'm shocked you played Elves, Kate. I was I, like, I had to pick my job off the floor when you said that. Wait, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I did not expect you to be an Elves player. I only was for a little bit, and then I realized I was really bad at it, so I stopped playing. Yeah. But um, to be honest, the reason I started playing it was because of uh, Jackie. She was, like, the only female player I had to look up to for a really long time when I started playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found her playing just, like, really intriguing. And I 
<laughs> oh my god, this is another story. When I I was at my first legacy event ever, like big one. Um, it was like a Providence SCG open kind of thing. And I ran into her in the women's bathroom because there was only three women there. So it was pretty easy to happen. <laughs> and I started fangirling over her and she was amazingly nice to me and super supportive. Um, so I started following her really closely because I'm like, well, there's really no other famous female magic players who play Legacy right now. Um, so I got kind of hooked on elves and I still really love and respect elves. I just suck at it. <laughs> This is Jackie, uh, who? Jackie Lee. Oh, okay. She right. works for Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, now. she works for she, Wizards now. Yeah, I think she was. I I know the name because I think I've seen her maybe in like some older coverage and or some older articles. But I never. I don't think she was like on the scene when I was when I started when I came back to to Magic. Yeah, she was probably she's been at Wizards for over a year now. I think. Okay. I think it's I think it's two years now. Yeah, at least. So that's probably why. Okay. Um, Matt Tiffany asks, asks, uh, which cast member would sleeve a battle of wits? Not fucking me. That's for fucking. <laughs> I would hundred uh, percent sleeve a battle of wits <laughs> with your tiny hands, Jerry. You would try to play that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just kidding. So it's not Donald Trump sleeving a battle of wits. I have super super small hands, and I have trouble enough with regular size. Dex, as Aaron can attest to, I'm going to not make a joke about that. Um, and I would definitely not play Battle of Woods for that reason, but I do respect the deck. Can I add a, an amendment onto that? I sure. would 100% play Battle of Wits on Magic Online. <laughs> okay, that's fair. <laughs> I would play Battle of Wits on paper, but only if someone bought and sleeped up the deck for me. Yeah, I would I, never I, buy or <laughs> take the time to actually sit down and sleeve 240 fucking bad cards. Yeah, only if I hire the local youth to be my shuffle crew. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, Jared asks about bad beat stories. I'm sure we're going to get some in here. Does anyone have like a particularly horrendous one they want to talk about? Uh, this uh, kind of ties into the uh, like most embarrassing loss ever, whatever that question was. Uh, I once lost to a dredge deck that didn't dredge a single card. Oh. <laughs> the guy <Ow>. was... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm so happy to hear this right now. Like, um, I forget what I was playing, but, like, my deck just fell apart on me that game. But my opponent was like, City of Brass, go. I'm like, okay, uh, play my land. He goes, uh, Gemstone Mine. Tap Gemstone Mine, Faithless Looting. I'm like, oh, okay, we're playing Dredge. And he discards, like, breakthrough and like something else that's not a dredger <laughs> so he goes like pass back to you i'm like okay like play my land do something pass it back to him he plays a third land taps three mana and plays stinkweed imp <laughs> and it just continued like that and uh, it was a blur i think i blacked out for part of it but uh <laughs> before i knew it i was signing the slip with him him winning <laughs> oh yeah. That sounds terrible. Yeah. I can't beat that. Sorry, guys. I have <laughs> notes to self. I'm a much better Magic player than Jerry. <laughs> oh, wait, I knew that. <laughs> uh, I knew it was going to circle around to that. <laughs> Why do I bother? Love you, Jerry. You love uh, the abuse, don't lie. Uh, oh. Joseph asks, uh, asked me, I think I remember you mentioning you did jiu-jitsu once upon a time. Do you still practice? Do you have a favorite submission? Um, I did used to, I did some BJJ when I was still fighting. Um, I don't practice anymore except 
wrestling my Jay's... children around the house. What's that? You about BJ's? You're BJ? Yes, yeah. All right, Jerry. We'll he just likes BJ's out. and submission. It's, I mean, yeah, sure, why not? Well, try it. <laughs> Um, my favorite, my favorite subs were always, I was always bad at like, like triangle chokes, like, like a, like a leg triangle. It was never, I don't have short little stubby legs, but I always appreciated like a good Americana or Kimura or rear naked choke. Those are my, my favorites. I like them too. Aaron, you should really do some jujitsu. <laughs> um, Celso <laughs> uh, wow. asks, uh, I think all of us <laughs> want to, want every story involving Jerry on Sneak and Show against Aaron with Death and Taxes. Yeah, I got a spoiler word on that one. Never yeah. happened on Death and Taxes versus Jerry on Sneak and Show. Oh my god, yeah. I've so, beaten so... Jerry a couple times on other decks. I beat him this last weekend, but never on Death and Taxes versus Sneak and Show. Ooh. <laughs> like, I, I think like 50% of my wins against Death and Taxes come from Aaron. <laughs> I would say it's probably more than that. <laughs> You've probably beaten the deck, what, like, on Sneak and Show, like, what? Four, five, three times. Uh, I think I think I'm up two to two or like, three of them are me. I'm up to like seven, and I think like seven. Three oh, of them. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, just the turn one, the turn one, Emmercool, uh, turn, turn two, one, show and tell Emmercool. Oh, you didn't draw Caracas, kill you. <laughs> no, and then I go turn two, Blood Moon when you draw the Caracas the next yeah. turn. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Celso also wants, wants to know, Kate, who's your favorite legacy playing bear? I did respond to that on Facebook, but I feel like I should repeat it for those who don't uh, follow the Facebook. Some might believe it's a spirit bear because I am big on supporting endangered animals. But, I mean, how can I not love a Bedouvian bear more? I can't. (laughs) Tangent, today, uh, panda bears were taken off the endangered species list. Yes, but giraffes are about to go on to them. Well, we traded. Talk about giraffes. Traded. Uh, hello. <laughs> I'm a tall woman. I have very few people to look up to in my life. I looked up to giraffes a lot. No, you the project. Last, I did. You can look up to Brienne of Tarth. She's tall. She's a tall <laughs> she lady. She wasn't a thing when I was a kid. How well, old do you think I am? Four. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Sure. You gotta You're be like. Mad. Um. Uh. Matt asks favorite old school Christmas cartoon: Rudolph or Frosty. Jerry? Ooh. Oh, uh, it's definitely got to be the animated version of Die Hard. That's not an, <laughs> that's not an answer? Nope, so, that's my favorite Christmas cartoon. Right, so Jerry punts that one. Uh, Aaron? <laughs> Are you not a Die Hard fan, Pat? I mean, no, definitely Rudolph. It's fine. fine. Uh, what do you mean it's fine? It's fine. Die Hard's amazing. It's not, it's not amazing. It's fine. It, <laughs> Die Hard is amazing. Wow, I'm sorry, everyone. You're listening to the last episode of Leading <laughs> My run of the show has come to an end. (laughs) God, this is like finding out Santa Claus isn't real. I mean... I'm going to have to suggest that Jerry and I are agreeing on this. Pat's obviously wrong. (laughs) Sure. I'm going to vote vote Rudolph here because I like the stop motion animation. I'm also on the Rudolph train. Rudolph's pretty good. Nice. Um, also, like, fuck anime, like, fuck snowmen. Like, I don't need movies. <laughs> this is America. You can't fuck snowmen in America. No, I mean, like, like fuck the idea of a snowman who's going to, like, come after me. Fuck that. I'll take a talking reindeer with a radioactive nose any day over a fucking snowman who's going to murder me and my family. What Frosty did you watch? I'm just saying, like, you know, you think he's friendly, like, fuck, no, I don't believe it. I don't buy that shit. No one, no one wearing a top hat is ever a friendly person. It's just, like, fat. If, I mean, if what? the purge happens, you can fuck snowmen. <laughs> um, Joe Gardner asks, uh, who is and who is not going to the Grand Prix, and why is Pat letting his wife tell him what to do? 
Wow. <laughs> so Jerry's That's... going, right? You're going, Jerry. It's also my birthday weekend, so if you're going to the GP, definitely find me. Oh, we'll get up some shenanigans. So Jerry just asked people to buy him free drinks. <laughs> I mean, no, that that would be a great side effect. If it's people... my birthday weekend, come find me and do what, Jerry? Do you is like the, is the cultural norm to like give people gifts on your birthday? Like give other people gifts? No, you know what the cultural norm is. We are asking for free gifts, Jerry. Exactly. Jesus Christ. I just oh. want to share my special day with lots of friends. Oh, and you've ruined it. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. Hey, Not... birthday buddies, right? You're like right by me, aren't you? Yeah, I am January 9th. I am the 2nd, so I'm better than you. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm July 23rd. <laughs> no one All gives right. a shit. Oh, no, exactly. No one gives a shit about birthday, guys. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Um, I let my yeah, wife tell me what to, to do care. because... I let my wife tell me what to do because... Uh, well, I mean, for reasons, like, she's my wife, and also, I sleep in that bed, and I, I like to get laid once in a while, so that's why. Um, God, men are pigs. Oh, you're you're all pigs. That's where the She choice. also makes the financial decisions in the house, so there's that, that too. We did learn that. If you want to get the real answers, like, she, yeah, she controls, the, she controls the books, guys. And it's really hard to embezzle funds when you don't have access to ledgers. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's 100% true. I Jerry would like, know. Meanwhile, she's got, like, a new purse. (laughs) Oh, no, she's, like, she's as thrifty as they come in. She got us, she got us a hundred fucking Christmas cards for, like, $20. Like, like double-sided printed, like, beautiful Christmas cards. I don't know how she did it, but now I have about 60 Christmas cards I need to find homes for. Because I just have a box of them sitting on my desk. You realize, you you don't have to do all this year, right? Yeah. What's that? I realize you don't have to send them all this year. We like over the they have they, they actually have 2014 printed. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I neglected that she bought these three years ago. <laughs> you know, Aaron, I don't remember oh. getting a Christmas card from Pat. Do well, you? You know, I fucking put it out there that people yeah, anyone yeah. want a Christmas card, send me their address, and I'd send them a Christmas card. You just put it on there today, didn't you? No, I, I said it was the other day. <laughs> Pat didn't give me the the option. He's just like Jerry. What's your address? I'm like. Ooh. Like, why? Jerry, you have a picture of me in your house. Christmas card. You. <laughs> Whoever wants a Christmas card, send me your address. Like, oh, son of a bitch. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. Uh, Nathan asks, uh, Nathan, Nathaniel says, uh, you guys are the best. Thank you, Nathaniel. That's that's very nice of you. It's nice to hear. Um, that's generous, too. It, it is. It is. Yeah, I mean, we're, like, we're probably, like, top ten. I don't know like, if we're the best. Not the worst. Like, like sure. we could do we're not the worst. I'll All right, take good. Not the worst, honestly. I've been called far worse things than not the worst. Jerry, I would like to quote a comment in this thread from you. Quote: Yes, I am the worst. End quote. <laughs> it's on there. <laughs> Scroll down that thread. It's there. I'm not even kidding. Uh, let's see. Sean Calvo asks, "What is your favorite breakfast-themed legacy deck, and why?" <laughs> oh, that's the it's sneak and show. <laughs> what? Let, yeah. All right, oh, hold on. Let's let's just let's, I say let's, let's take our favorite legacy deck. Let's let's we'll, we'll reformulate this question. Oh, didn't let me our, fi- you didn't let me finish. Sneak and show. Fine, go. <laughs> let's take our favorite <laughs> legacy deck and then make it into a, a breakfast plate. So what's sneak and show, Jerry? If you're gonna what? go to if you're gonna go to a restaurant, and I'm gonna, I'll take the sneak and show special. Summer camp bullshit is that. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. I want to hear I want to hear how sneak and show fits as a breakfast. Moments passed. All right. I'll take it. I'm four years old, so I make all my food out of mud. So mud posts. <laughs> I make mud pies and mud. Good. Cake. Thanks for saving the segment, Kate. <laughs> I like yep. that. Yeah. 
I'm a big fan of uh, Cheerios personally, but <laughs> oh, nice. I was going with an actual, yeah, That's breakfast food legacy deck name. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I mean eggs, I like eggs. <laughs> Just <laughs> pour, pour eggs into legacy. There's actually way more breakfast themed legacy decks than I thought. Really? Yeah. Well, there's also cephalid breakfast. Oh yeah. yeah. What about onion bloom? What? Onion bloom? Who has that's an onion bloom? No, that's an appetizer. That's not a fucking for like lunch or dinner. That's also, not... it's a I'll bloom and onion. I'll fucking eat a bloom and onion if I want for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, I'm a fucking adult. Just because you're a child doesn't make it okay. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I have had a college morning where I ate a blooming onion for breakfast. Yeah, but when you're you. going to bed, like that, is that early in the morning or late at night? I don't know. If you've been up all night drinking, you have a blue onion for what would normally be lunch or breakfast, but it's actually like third dinner. If I have a blooming onion at six in the morning, that's technically breakfast. Yeah, I'm just gonna say like it doesn't matter what time uh, like you've man. gone to bed. Although like the the term breakfast does mean like breaking fast after you sleep. So um, wow. way to get literal. I'm just yeah, saying. seriously. He just likes to ruin all the fun. It is. I'm like I'm zero fun today. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Joe, Joe today. Gardner, <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. I'm always mm-hmm. no. Fun. I'm too old. Uh, Joe Garner asks thoughts on old school magic. I'm for it. I have, if, I have thoughts on it. I'm sorry, what's that? Like, that's the like 93? the 93, 94? Yeah, that crap. Yeah. Eh. I think it's an it's awesome okay. format. There's just no one to play it with. You yeah. don't come to vintage uh, monthly vintage tournaments, so there are people who usually play in between rounds there. Yeah? Yeah. I've never seen so many Nicol Bolas animated dead. Mm. It's um, amazing. There are a lot of uh, guys like on Team Tusk uh, down in the south Atlanta area who played 93-94 and are uh, big fans of that format. Um, my only problem with it, honestly, is that just from listening to people talk about it, it's so fucking elitist, which to me is, is like, the opposite of what it's supposed to represent to me. Like, to me, like, old-school magic to me means, like, like fucking, like, kitchen table magic, and that, that doesn't mean that you exclude players for... because they don't have, I don't know, whatever, whatever fucking overpriced, like, beta common like you have to play like fucking eighty dollar like hundred dollar lightning bolts or whatever you know like like two hundred fifty dollar juzam gins or whatever you know um i wish it was a little bit more inclusive of a format it just seems to me like i don't know like it, it would you think you would think it was like the most casual of casual formats but at the same time they hold themselves to having like all the cards you play are going to be black bordered like i don't know alpha beta uh, what is it? Unlimited. I don't. I, I don't know if revised or even included in that in that set. Yeah, but I find that I to be kind of. Yeah, I think it's unlimited, but yeah. not not revised. I think it's kind of a. Bu- I just think it's kind of a bummer, you know. But like, I I get the 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 reason they go for it is the aesthetic of that old school format, and that I mean that's fine. I wouldn't ever tell them how to play their format, but I just wish it was a, a little bit more inclusive, a little bit less elitist, you know. I mean, I think it would be fine if uh, proxies were allowed, but I know some 93, 94 players, or is it 93, 94, 94, 95? 93, 94. 93, 94 players uh, don't so. like the proxies. Yeah, that's okay. And like yeah. I said, that's that's. I mean, that's a fucking fan base format. So who the fuck am I to tell them what to do? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, fuck me, right? So I would definitely um, play it if I showed up and someone just handed me a deck. I would love to do that, but I'm oh, just, yeah. I'm not gonna go out and make an old school deck. Yeah, I mean, I just like I don't. I'm not gonna spend thousands of dollars on an underpowered shit box. It's not for me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna put the effort to like put a proxy deck together, like print oh, out no. proxies, just because I'm probably never going to use it. Yeah, that's exactly why I don't play EDH. Um, uh, so <laughs> Bob asked why Kate and Aaron, and the answer is because they're fucking awesome. Um, <laughs> uh, Scott. Oh, Bob actually did have a real question for you, Kate. Though he said. 
<laughs> how would you feel if Cloud Post was banned but Counterbalance wasn't? <laughs> <laughs> um, I would probably start sharpening a knife uh, and start. How much is a? I would start saving up for a plane ticket to Washington. <laughs> Wait, can I? I have a, a similar question. What would you do, Kate, if you could have Counterbalance banned, but in payment, uh, uh, Cloud Post also had to be banned? Well, that doesn't make any sense and is dumb as fuck. But I <laughs> In but, this hypothetical I mean, world. No, but so like while I genuinely think that's super dumb, um, I've made it very clear that I don't want Counterbalance to be banned because I have a personal problem with it. I want it to be banned because I think it's what's best for the format. So I would make that sacrifice. For the good of the format. Good of the format. So and, and next time someone tries to throw shade at me and tell me it's just because I'm sick of losing miracles, which I don't, so I'm not. Uh, it's uh, it's really because I give a shit about legacy. Counterbalance sucks. <laughs> nice. Um, let's see. Uh, another one for Kate. As a post player, why do you hate miracles so much? Their tears are so delicious. <laughs> um, I hate miracles because I think it's bad for legacy. I don't hate miracles. I want miracles to still be a deck. Um, but I hate counterbalance because I feel like counterbalance is bad for legacy. It slows down the format. It's why it goes to time all the time. No one can deny that. And because I mean, you have to respond to literally every single spell when a counterbalance is on the field, right? Um, and miracles isn't exactly quick in the way they respond. Like top fetch, top brainstorm, fetch, scratch my asshole. Like they take like fucking 45 <laughs> minutes to to do something that shouldn't take that long. Um, and it gets pretty old pretty quickly. Um, and it also quashes some pretty good decks out there. Um, it's been a very large part of the format for a while, though it has dropped a little bit recently since Eldrazi is so cheap to build right now. Um, you're seeing a lot, I feel like we're seeing a lot more of Eldrazi, but it's still a dominating deck in the format and has been for more than three years. I've got statistics to back me up. So I just want Legacy to be a good, healthy format. And I feel like without, Counterbalance will be more affordable decks, and more people would be interested in playing the format because it would be less stale. Nice. Uh, um, so <laughs> but their tears are delicious. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. Good to know. Um, so Matt asks, uh, any ETA in the shirts? Jerry said he is diligently working on a Teespring for these, <laughs> including women's shirts as well, because there we know we have uh, women listeners of the casts, um, and of course our friend Kate who needs a Leo Legacy shirt. So Jerry is getting on that and promises to have something done before the end of December. Yep, I think I'm just gonna do a flash sale. So one of the reasons why we haven't done new shirts is because we're sitting on a box of shirts that are all smalls that no one wants. <laughs> There's so many Legacy players that fit in small shirts. Yep, what? I know. Yeah. Yeah, we should have gotten equal numbers, but it's the truth. It also doesn't like help that these are like like smaller than smalls. Like this is like a European small. This isn't, a, <laughs> this isn't an American small. This is a European small. Why like, is a pet? He can clothe his children. Yeah, that's not I, a bad idea. Yeah, you want some? And then pack and go to the GP. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm going to just do a fire sale where it's like I'm going to post it up. I think there might be one or two mediums in there, uh, but I'm just going to post them up first to come, first serve. If you just want to pay for shipping, I will ship you the shirt for free, and I'll just eat the eat the loss on it. <laughs> so much for the leaving a legacy uh, slush fund. <laughs> well, I mean, 
Jerry, you know the we all know you're a millionaire. So yes, this box of shirts is just sitting on a pallet of cash he has. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I'm gonna eat the cost of these shirts. Fucking yeah, fuck you, Jerry. <laughs> I went out in my in my walk-in closet, so I had to take a black lotus and you know use it as a torch to light my <laughs> until your manservant can come in and fix your light, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. One to change his light bulbs. Um. All right. Here's a here's a kind of an interesting one. Um. What card best represents each cast member and why? And we're gonna include Kate and Aaron as cast members today for sure. So what do you what card do you think best represents you? Or yeah, let's do which card best represents you. Then we'll come to a consensus on each other. Can we do Adrian? I think Adrian's any spirit card because while he's kind of there, he's not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Adrian like is a lingering soul. There you go. Cuz he he has spurts. Like when he comes on, he'll do like two or three at a time and then he disappears for a while and then he flashes back and he's back for two or three at a time. Yep. <laughs> Exactly. So lingering souls. That's Adrian's spirit card. <laughs> Jerry, what about you? What do you think? What what card do you think? I think I have an answer to this, but I'm interested to hear. Don't, your I have no idea what card represents me. Just make. I would it... definitely say sneak attack. Yeah, like sneak attack or just grizzle brand, like the effect of grizzle brand's like card draw because you're just greedy as shit. <laughs> so, so greedy. Not or, like, or if we could like activated ability. <laughs> if we could take like a like a, a four color mana base and make that as a like a one card identity, that's also you. Jerry, <laughs> Jerry's a four color mana base. <laughs> uh, this I'm also perpetually the sixty first card. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Jerry's the spicy tech. Uh, what about you, Kate? What do you think? Card? What card best represents you? I think Metal Worker. I mean, okay. not only do I play it a lot, but it's small and unassuming, and then it kicks your ass. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, or, or Emmercool, because she's my homegirl, always Emmer- and forever. She's the only other strong, independent woman in Legacy. Not, no, I'm just kidding. There's other strong, independent women. But like, oh, <laughs> I was gonna say, wait, what? <laughs> there's just, I'm just, there's, there's so few of us, so I have to cling on to whatever women I can. And most of the time, the other, only other woman at the tournament is either Merit Lage or Emmer Cool. Yeah, I mean, Emmer Cool <laughs> is definitely like the biggest, baddest, like of, of all of them, right? Yeah. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's uh, my girl. Is Merit Lage female? Yeah. Really? I didn't. Know Merit Lage and Emmer Cool were. Uh, it, like, literally, when I go to a tournament, I love to joke that the only other two women there are Merit Lage and Emmercool. <laughs> These my ladies come play tournaments with me. I know sometimes it's shitty, but I'll hug you and take cool selfies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for Pat, I think I know what Pat is. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, you're, cha- you're Chain Lightning Man. <laughs> you know, you're not, like, the best. Like, you're not instant speed. But you're good enough to make the cut, and, you know, sometimes you can lie to everyone and be cast at instant speed. I think that's, I think that's incredibly accurate, Jerry. I, I, I back that 100%. 100%. <laughs> you know what I really want to hear? I want to hear what card Aaron thinks I am. <laughs> Plus. You can write this into your wedding speech. Yeah, don't fuck Storm it up, Aaron. Crow. Don't fuck it up. Stormcrow. Stormcrow. Wow. Thanks. Maybe Chibney Ump. <laughs> Thanks, too. No, I, I think Kate's Kate's really a metal worker, quite frankly. Is is Jerry a thieving magpie in that respect then? <laughs> no, I would say Jerry's definitely a sneak attack. You think of a nice, honest, friendly game of magic, and then he just sneaks up behind you and gets you. <laughs> if you're not cheating, you're not trying. I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Belichick. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, here's here's okay. an interesting one. Um, how do you guys store your cards that you're not using? Skip Aaron? Oh, didn't Aaron? Yes, oh, no, Aaron yes, we are. Aaron, are, it's Aaron Seance, right? Isn't that what oh, we decided that. already? No, Aaron I is think Astral Slide. Oh, <laughs> Astral Slide, that is true. Because he's shifty and he tells lies about people. <laughs> <laughs> that's not accurate at all. See, that's another lie. If anything, I tell the future. <laughs> I always get ganged up on. <laughs> it's like, at end of turn, you're going to see this creature come back. <laughs> and it's like, in your next match, Jerry's going to try and cheat you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for real, don't call a judge on me when I play against you, casual <laughs> listener. <laughs> wow, that just came out even worse. <laughs> just digging a hole. Is dead. Uh, Interrupting this podcast to let you know Alan Thick is dead, not a what? joke. Who's Alan Thick? Canadian treasure, so me? not very important. You never watched Family Matters or uh, like How I Met Your Mother? Wait, why is, why is this important? What? Oh, that's. I mean, uh, people grow are... old and die. It just like kind of happens, right? <laughs> Thanks, 2016. 59. <laughs> that's pretty old. That's 69 oh. is pretty old. Oh. He was the dad. He was the dad in Growing Pains. Yeah. And I'm sure he was partying his way out at 69. I think if someone is, I think if someone's over the age of 60, you don't blame their death on 2016. It's just like, yeah, that makes that's like that's like the age of death. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so that's pretty young to me. 60? 60? I don't think 69 is that young to die. I don't think I'm going to make it to 50. Like, it's, <laughs> it's not very old. Yeah. Well, that's good. We'll go back yeah, to you, other you topics have... and not be sad about poor Alan Thick. You gotta remember, Pat. Only the good die young. You'll die young. Jerry will live old. And <laughs> Jerry will die like in a hundred and three. Uh, yeah, my hero. Probably have an aneurysm by forty. <laughs> uh, uh, so, so how do you guys store your expensive cards that you're not using? Chris asked this question. My ass. <laughs> I, I keep mine in like in, in just like a my trade binder. <laughs> they sit in my book bag. Um, it's probably not the best idea. But I don't really have another storage solution for that. No, your ass is definitely safer. That's what I go with. I'm the only one with an actual complex answer to this question. <laughs> I certainly think that maybe my system is too complicated. <laughs> oh, do you have a system, Jerry? So I have... His accountant takes care of it for him. Yeah. He hires a Sherpa. <laughs> Uh, it's in like a fireproof safe. No, hermetically sealed. Hermetically sealed. It's there's a there's a bookkeeper standing yeah. at the closet entrance. It's the left of your cigar humidor, right? Yes, that's yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. But no, so I have a like separate backpack that basically lives in my closet, uh, and in that backpack's uh, five binders, and I have like I like the. Have you seen them, the Ultra Pro leather side-loading binders? I love those things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, definitely that's the first tip. If you want to keep expensive cards nice, get side-loading binders because they will take care of your card much better than top-loaders. Yeah. Uh, they don't break as easily. You, you know, you won't jam cards in. Plus, cards aren't, like, back-to-back with each other. So definitely get a side-loader. So I have five binders. It's, like, blue and black, lands and artifacts, red and green. Like, I forgot what the exact breakdown is. Uh, my lands and artifacts and my blue and black binder are definitely the thickest I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are like where all my high end cards are. Like that's where I keep my dual lands, you know, my Jaces, my, you know, basically all my legacy playables that I'm not using. 
then I have like under my desk, I have like a long thousand count box that's all just like legacy playable cards. So they might not be like very valuable, but it's full of like brainstorms and ponders and source to plow shares and lightning bolts. Basically, just like the nuts and bolts that go into every deck. Mm. Um, and then on my desk, I also have like five or six like deck boxes that are just full of like half built jank and booster pack rares and just like <laughs> random stuff. And then I just have a, a spec box of shame. <laughs> <laughs> Cards that I got because I thought they were going to go up, and they just haven't gone anywhere yet. <laughs> uh, like, grabbing a handful of cards, I have, like, a couple Ugin's Nexuses here. Uh, I have uh, I have a bunch of uh, Sylvan Primordials, and then that got banned in EDH. Uh, I have a bunch of, like, Mind Twists. Uh, I have, like, 20 Ashen Riders. <laughs> so, I just have a... Ashen Riders? Why were you specking on that card? Because <laughs> Jerry, Jerry loves Ashen Riders, so he let his personal feelings get in the way of his financial smarts. That is true. That is true. You know, you have to take out the, uh, you know, the personal bias when you're investing. Hmm. Uh, yeah. There's also a bunch of treasure cruises in here. Those uh, did not play out very well. <laughs> I mean, it was a common from a standard set where they started printing like three times as much. How well, you think was gonna happen I, with that? I got them for like five cents, but I was waiting for you know that was the long term. Shame, spike. shame. Now it's been banned in all formats. Like now it's banned in all formats. It's restricted in vintage. <laughs> A one of in vintage. Yeah, uh, and with how many copies are out there, there's no way you can find them. <laughs> I said this was my box of shame. I yeah. am, I am airing my dirty laundry, and you guys are not being very welcoming. <laughs> Uh, like you have shame or dignity <laughs> I don't believe you uh, so yeah that's how I how I keep mine if you're looking for a good way to keep valuable cards though I definitely recommend the ultra pro side light uh, loading binders like literally just get three or four of them and just put all your valuable cards in there and then I like to sort by color but you know you can do whatever you want yeah. So Jerry's crazy. That's what I learned. <laughs> when you have time to like hire people to do things for you, you have time to do stuff like that, Lou. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> All right, we got more questions. Uh, I think yeah, we got one. one more. There's one. Yeah, yep. that's a good one here. Um, Joe Gardner, oh, yeah. friend of the cast, <laughs> asks: uh, In a game of Magic with Jerry playing Delver and Pat playing Eldrazi. Who flips a Delver first, Jerry or Pat? <laughs> Definitely Just, Pat. He, there's, an adi- there's an addition to this. Just asking because I've never seen Jerry me flip a Delver. <laughs> and then he and there's a link me... to coverage where yes. Jerry doesn't flip a Delver. <laughs> did he link to that match? Yeah, <laughs> he did. <laughs> uh, good. good. See, I, I agree. I'm going to have to say uh, Pat because by next time Pat picks up Delver, he'll Joey still will not have flipped a Delver. <laughs> I still play Delver on uh, on the league once in a while. Just I don't still bring it out as much anymore. God, that was the longest fucking match. The screenshot is like halfway through, and the clock is fifty one minutes and eleven seconds. Oh, gross. <laughs> gross. Uh, um, let me see if uh... I think there was some stuff on Twitter too. Yeah, I think there was a couple things. Let me I don't remember what though. Let me double check. I don't think there was much. Um. Celso asked more about uh, how savage did Aaron beat Jerry, and how could have been more savage. 
would have oh. been more savage if I ran sinkhole because Jerry did have an island in play. I did. Um, no, actually, one thing was mm. I did get blown out by fucking Leovold again. Even though we oh, talked about that was it, awesome. Oh man, even though we fucking talked about it on the <laughs> last cast, I still played right into it. Where like you get tunnel vision when Leovold is in play. Like I'm a punishing fire deck. That is a problem with Leovold in play because he's a three three. So I need to punishing fire him twice in order to kill him. So you just get like tunnel vision. Like how am I going to get rid of this Leovold? How am I going to do it? Uh, I need to just find an answer for this Leovold. Brainstorm. It's like okay, uh. you know, put you back. Like fuck, I knew that. That <laughs> turn basically went okay. <laughs> cast Leovold. Past turn. Jerry goes okay. End step. Brainstorm. I'm like. <laughs> sure, you can draw one card. It was not on the goes, same turn. It was on the same turn as Leo. It was the end of that turn. Oh, I God. promise you, Jerry. God, I just got such tunnel vision. I just yeah. forgot about the second ability. But then you're like, oh, well, in response to Brainstorm, <laughs> in response to Brainstorm, submerge Leovold. <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll draw a card. Counterspell. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. <laughs> so then I drew one card and put two back. It was just utter blowout. Oh, did he oh, drew Counterspell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I drew that card. Uh, Leovold is a fucking... I had force and blue card in hand anyways, but I was like, well, if I don't have to use them, sure, Counterspell. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, Leovold drew a shit ton of cards and also made me lose yeah. cards. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, that's it for questions this week, guys. We did it. We got through them all. Went to both of old once. I did old once. There we go. Uh, we all just... right. Go ahead, Kate. No, I just, it, I, on my end, it kind of felt like everyone... Yeah, I wasn't sure if you guys could hear me. Yeah, yeah, no, we can hear you guys. Uh, okay, yeah. There was multiple times Jerry tried Bolt and Leovold, and I was able to just counter it and draw cards and get value. It was awesome. <laughs> that's gross. <laughs> the first time I was able to counter it, I think the second one actually got Leovold, though, because I didn't have any more counters, but... No, oh, I think there was, like, one instance where, like, you had standstill, and I had to break the standstill to kill Leovold, so you drew, like, five cards. <laughs> yeah. I think I, think I killed it. him with, like, a punishing fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. <sighs> Painful. Yeah, Leovold's a beating. He's a problem for the thing in the ice deck. Pray you don't get paired up against Leovold. <laughs> <laughs> the thing in the ice can block him, so keep that in mind. Yeah, that was annoying. Yeah. God, thing in the ice is a blocker, too. It's great. It's great. Oh, yeah. Dies horribly to our Brepticate, which is great. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, like, okay with that, because if Thing in the Ice is eating the Abruptacays, that means my Dak Fadens are surviving, uh, that means, like, my Sylvan Library is surviving, and the deck can win without Thing in the Ice. It's basically just, like, a diversionary tactic. <laughs> People are like, oh, shit. Means, it also means that I can kill your turn two Thing in the Ice on my turn two of the Abruptacay. You can play a turn three Thing in the Ice, I can kill that with my turn three Abruptacay. Yes, and it that, dies. It dies to removal. One of the best removals ever printed. Yep. But it survives a lightning bolt, which is pretty awesome. It is pretty awesome. All right, we got anything else? Or are we doing scoops? I think we should do some scoops. I think I think that's that's all we got for today. Well, Pat, want to start us off? Uh, I'm gonna scoop in no one. Good. Huh. All right. Awesome. No no, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm gonna scoop in Kate and Aaron, of course, for coming on the cast today, and uh, all the awesome listeners who uh, gave us questions today. So we had something to talk about because it was kind of a slow Magic Week. You know, not really anything for spoilers. Nothing uh, exciting really happened, and uh, we're getting into the holidays. So I think like a lot of the 
play around the areas slowing down a little bit as people get more and more uh, shit going on during the weekends. Yeah. Um, but the fact that everyone gave us uh, some cool questions to start some conversations today was cool. So scooping all those people. Hell yeah. Could you clarify, was it cool or was it cool? It was cool, man. It was cool. Well, okay. Just sure. was, was it chill? No, I said it was cool. If it was fucking chill, yeah. I said it was chill. All right. God damn it, Jerry. Fine, I'm sorry. God I'm sorry. damn it. Fuck, I'm sorry. Don't be mad. Don't be mad. <laughs> Don't hit me again. <laughs> Who are you, Jerry? Who are you Don't ask dumb me? questions. Don't ask dumb questions. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I mean, also going to scoop in Kate and Aaron, because you guys are awesome. We need to fill some dead space time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no problem. I'm just kidding. You You're guys welcome, are awesome. Buddy. No, you guys it's, are always, awesome. it's always good time to catch up with old friends, right? That's true. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for bringing out the Hallmark moment, Pat. You got it. <laughs> uh, I'm also going to scoop in Nate, the judge at That's Entertainment, because he's awesome, and I haven't seen him in a while, and it was great catching up with him at uh, the tournament on Sunday. Also, shout out to Chris Cheehy, who sent me my very only of old in the mail. Aww. Yeah. I have my own Leobolds, and he gave me a good price on it, so awesome. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. I wish. Uh, Aren't, like, foil Leobolds, like, $150? I I haven't heard more than that, but... I've I've restricted myself. I only get foils of blue and red cards, uh, because (laughs) if I dip into the other colors, it's going to spiral out of control. So I'm like... Leobold is blue. Yeah, but he's also green and black. <laughs> like, I have my black border volca- volcanic, so I'll pimp out my, like, red-blue decks. Like, that's where I draw the line. But, you know, when we start getting into, like, Tarmogoyf territory and, like, uh, Dark Confidant territory, that's that's kind of where I draw the line. I don't want to like, just... Aren't Goyfs, like, 600 so... bucks for, like, the... I mean, depending on what version you get, I think, Future like... Sites? I think Future Sight go- Foil Goyfs are 800 now. Jeez. That's dis- that's ridiculous. Whereas Modern Masters two are a hundred and like twenty dollars. Yeah, that's insane. no, that is not how much the foil ones are for for Modern Masters because that's how much a Modern Masters boy is right now. Really? Did they go back up? Oh, maybe yep. that's okay. Cool. I also traded a goy for a PS3 for my brother uh, this huh. weekend. <laughs> so yeah, I see. I see. Uh, like near mint foils of Tarmogoyf Future Sight are seven hundred dollars. Jeez. That's and that's like the lowest price. And like there's a moderately played foil that's seven thirty five, so they only go up from there. And I'm yeah. looking at the median on Leobold on TCG is one ninety six. For foils? Yes. <laughs> one ninety six for foil Leobolds. Yep. And they're that not fucks. gonna get any cheaper. They're not gonna they're not. It's not worth it for stores to open the product. There's no. not enough value. Yeah. You lose money if you open boxes. There's aside from like Leobold and what the career's dropping now and show and tell's not that expensive and Saying the prelates dropped a bit, like there's not much value on the set, so it doesn't make it sense for George to open it. Yeah, I still have half a box of conspiracy I need to crack. I've I still twelve packs. My yeah, I... third Leovold I need. I know it could have my fourth recruiter of the guard. I gotta open those packs and stop waiting for friends to come draft with me. Here, <laughs> <laughs> way you got friends, Jerry. Just don't hold your breath. <laughs> they're never coming. Ah, <laughs> oh, good, good. <laughs> Uh, Oh, also, I want to scoop in uh, Keith Wrong and Jeff Simpson for talking Thing in the Ice with me. Uh, It's good bouncing ideas off of you guys, so awesome. What about you guys? 
and go first. I can go first? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I will scoop uh, Patton, even though he is not currently here. He said, be right back. But I don't want him to know I scooped him in until next week or he edits it, so let's not tell him. <laughs> um, Secret. And then I would like to scoop in Kate, because she's awesome. Mm-hmm. I will scoop in... Hmm. I don't really like people. Jesus. I don't really want to scoop anyone in. I would <laughs> scoop Zach Turgeon into top eight. That's fine. I like Zach Turgeon. I'd scoop <laughs> out top of eight. the blue, just Zach Turgeon. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm just thinking back on, like, top eights and stuff, and, like, I think Zach Turgeon's one of the few people I've scooped in. So I would scoop him in, and then uh, I'd scoop in Jerry, but his luck will get him there anyway. <laughs> That's just an unnecessary. Uh, good. I think those are my scoops. Uh, I'm going to scoop in you guys as a thank you for having us on again. Whether we're just filler or not, I like coming on the cast. And... You're never filler. You're I never filler. Joking. But seriously, um, we wouldn't have talked about anything this week if you guys Jerry's filler. <laughs> no, I'm the eye candy. <laughs> <laughs> on this radio broadcast. <laughs> the very um, necessary also... eye candy, yeah. Uh, speaking of, that just reminded me of the one of the greatest lines of any Christmas movie ever. Hans, baby, put away the gun. This is radio, not TV. <laughs> is that from Frost Die and Hard. Oh, baby. <laughs> no, that is a direct line from Die Hard that I recited from memory, yeah. Pat. No. Yeah. That's too bad, because it's a pretty mediocre movie. Oh, <laughs> oh Pat. Boy. Yeah, we're going to need that... We're going to hey need that $2. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to scoops. <laughs> Sorry, Kate. Sorry, Kate. Um, Go ahead. No, just trying to save you guys from killing each other. Um, <laughs> I'm going to scoop in all my other ladies who play magic because there aren't enough of us. I'm all about supporting each other. And, I don't know, I'll scoop in Aaron because I love him lots. And I'll scoop in the Electoral College in hopes that they split payout with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God Adrian's not here. <laughs> oh, Otherwise, the cast would go for another two hours. Nothing to do with magic. <laughs> yeah, I think I would hang up. Yeah. That's <laughs> probably like, oh, peace. <laughs> uh, good. All right. Let's call it. Oh, we got to roll some die. Yep. That's right. Booyah. I'm scared right now. Bring I'm it up annoyed. The I'm just annoyed. I'm not scared. I'm annoyed. We got we got some new additions. New additions were added to the bottom of the list. We're actually back over 21, it looks like. Roll the goddamn die, Jerry. <laughs> uh, we got some good ones coming up. All right. We are reaching into the ball sack of doom. <laughs> uh, I really need to start taking this with me to tournaments just so people can see it, but it's great. Here we go. We got 15... Oh, why is it? Oh, can you just start rolling d6s, please? So I don't think <laughs> why? <laughs> why? The la- we got one yesterday, uh, last week. <laughs> is that Stroken Clarence Carter by Joshua Millard request? Yeah, I don't know what this is. Stroken Carter. <sighs> <laughs> Josh says it. <laughs> Jesus, that's like, oh God, what is this? <laughs> it's Josh though. He couldn't steer us wrong. Also, I really like Kate's edition of Chandelier by Sia. <laughs> That's a great song. I like that song. That one. I would play that song now. I would play that song right now. No, you have to honor the rules of the game, Pat. Fuck you, Jerry. I'll do it. You! Tribute! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this looks straight. uh, 1986 genre R&B and soul. I was going to ask if there was more laser guitars, but it doesn't sound like it. (laughs) I'm listening to this right now. Very interesting. Oh, there's the thing... 
video is interesting. Well, it's cool that this is a fucking podcast. People don't see the video. Everyone, <laughs> Google Clearance Carter stroking. It is an interest. It. What am I seeing? <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. Hey. Oh, this is a good song, Pat. Oh, you better put this on. This song's good. Oh God. Fine. All right. Fine. Let's just get the fuck yeah. out of here. <laughs> The outro song should just be the diehard, like, just audio. <laughs> <laughs> just just play two and a half hours of diehard. <laughs> Why is this podcast five hours long? <laughs> Get Ethan Desist from Universal Studios. <laughs> the viewers would be looking at it and be like, wait, Adrian's not on this one. Why is it so long? So our okay. special Christmas episode is going to be uh, Jerry just reciting the uh, the script to Die Hard. The one-man sure that, show. That, I'm pretty sure that uses parody law. Like, I'm pretty sure we can get away with that. Yeah, why not? <laughs> a one-man radio show of Die Hard. Oh, Jerry, you can do all their voices and stuff. Yep, Pat, you're doing the special effects. You're, okay. You need, like, a bucket of... I'm sure that's, like, the most impressive part of that movie, so... <laughs> you need, like, a bucket of glass that you can crunch up, some firecrackers, <laughs> uh, uh, some helicopter, uh, some gunfire. I'm going to put a list together, and I'll send well, it your way. <laughs> I don't just make love, I be stroking. That's what I be doing. <laughs> I be stroking. I stroke it to the east, and I stroke it to the west. I stroke it to the woman that I love the best. I be stroking. Let me ask you something. What time of the day?
gets satisfied. Because when she gets satisfied, she starts calling my name. She said, Clance Carter, Clance Carter, Clance Carter, Clance Carter. Ooh, shit, Clance Carter. The other night, I was stroking my woman. And it got so good to her. You know what she told me? Let me tell you what she told me. She said, stroke it, Clance Carter. But don't stroke so fast. If my stuff ain't tight enough, you can stick it up my... I'll be stalking. <laughs> I'll be stalking. 